welcome to this week's Christmas episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly and today I have a very special guest, the most brilliant writer and storyteller, Neil Gaiman. Neil is one of the most famous writers in the world, and he has written lots of books, including Coraline, Stardust, which was made into a great film, The Day I Swapped My Dad for a Goldfish, The Ocean at the End of the Lane, and the funniest picture books ever about a sneezing panda called Chew. He's going to help me answer our first question from B about Father Christmas and Mrs. Christmas. Over to B. I'm B and I'm five. I like cats and dogs. I'm here to ask, can Mrs Christmas help Father Christmas to see our people naughty or not? Exclamation mark. To answer B's question, I'm handing over to Neil Gaiman. Hello B, I'm Neil Gaiman and I write books and make up stories and uh, do all sorts of things and I've been asked to answer your question and the answer is, well, yes she can and and yes she does Um, but the important thing to remember about Mrs Christmas is she's significantly more soft-hearted than Father Christmas. I mean, Father Christmas is busy. He has uh, giant toy factories to run. He has to organize a mad dash uh, during which every single batch of presents in the world get delivered in one night. Um, So he tends to take his attention off the actual naughty or niceness and does actually leave it to Mrs. Christmas. And she is the softy. Um, So the odds are that she's not actually really going to give you uh, the kind of terrible black marks that Father Christmas himself might give if you've been naughty. She'll probably go, well, he's been more nice than naughty. And uh, any naughtiness is obviously excusable because he is awesome. Um, So that's actually why Father Christmas doesn't wind up delivering coal to kids. And I like to think it's because she's a softie. Of course, the elves say that it's just because uh, Mrs. Christmas doesn't like having to do the incredible amount of clean-up involved um, when Father Christmas actually in the old days did have to haul lumps of coal around the world. There were millions and millions of lumps of coal. The 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 reindeer were getting exhausted. Uh, Father Christmas would come back black with soot, all of his clothes. It would take her months to get them lovely and white and red again. And his beard, she likes it white. Um, That's what the elves say, but I don't believe it. I think she's a softie. So there you go, Bee. Thanks to Neil. Now you know why even if you've been a bit naughty, you'll probably get lovely presents from Father Christmas, because Mrs Christmas is a big softie. I hope that answers your question, B. Our next question comes from Tommy. It's also about Father Christmas. Over to Tommy. My name is Tommy. I'm five. I like building blocks. And my question is... 
Has an astronaut ever seen Father Christmas? Hi, Tommy. This is such a good question. And amazingly, the answer is yes. Ten days before Christmas, on December the 15th, 1965, a long time ago, there were two spaceships out in space called Gemini 6 and Gemini 7. Their mission was to get close to one another in space, to perform what is called a space rendezvous. They managed to do it. Gemini 6 got close to Gemini 7, making the first ever man's space rendezvous. The astronauts inside Gemini 6 were heading back to Earth when they looked out of the window. And they saw something very magical. They called down to NASA, who were listening back on Earth, and this is what they said. Yeah, we have an object that looks like a satellite going from north to south, probably in polar orbit. Looks like he might be going to re-enter soon. I see a command module and eight smaller modules in front. The pilot of the command module is wearing a red suit. What they were saying was out of the window of their spaceship, they could see Father Christmas with eight reindeer out in front, pulling his sleigh, flying through space. Maybe he was practicing for Christmas Eve in a few days' time, his busiest night of the year. Then the astronauts played jingle bells on a little harmonica and sleigh bells they had smuggled into the spaceship. Here's a clip of them playing jingle bells in space. That's jingle bells being played in space. It was the first song ever played by humans in space. The bells they used are on show at the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., America. And I'll post a picture of them on my Twitter, at Molly Oldfield, and my Instagram, at Molly Oldfield Writes, so you can see. I hope that answers your question, Tommy. Our next question is from Rosie, and it's about reindeer. Hi, Molly. I'm Rosie. I'm six years old, and I live in Connecticut. I have a question for you. Can reindeers see in dark because they like to eat carrots? Bye. Hi, Rosie. Thanks for your great question. Well, reindeer live in very cold parts of the world where it's often dark for long months of the winter. So reindeer are born being able to see in the dark. They can see a type of light called ultraviolet light, which helps them make their way around in the months of the year when there's very little sunshine. Although we love to leave mince pies and carrots out on Christmas Eve for Father Christmas and the reindeer, it's not the carrots that help them see, they're just born able to see in the dark. In the wild, reindeer like to eat grass leaves and mushrooms, especially ones called fly agaric mushrooms, which are the red and white ones you see in storybooks. They're poisonous to us, so don't eat them, but reindeer love them. I'm sure they also love crunchy carrots, because they're nice and sweet. Did you know that carrots don't really help you see in the dark? They do contain vitamin A, which you need to help you see in low light. So eating carrots is definitely a good idea. But eating lots and lots won't give you superhuman night vision. The idea that carrots help you see in the dark came about during the Second World War, when the government wanted people to grow lots of carrots and other vegetables so people had fresh food to eat. 
During the war, it was hard to get food supplies into the UK and lots of food had to be rationed. But vegetables never were because people grew lots to feed the country. Reindeer are the only deer in the world in which both males and females have antlers. Males usually have larger antlers than the girls and they often lose them in the winter, which means it's very likely Father Christmas's reindeer are girls. I hope that answers your question, Rosie. Our final question is about Christmas trees. We had similar questions sent into the show by Gigi, Lottie and Ren. Here they are. Hi, I'm Gigi and I'm nine years old and I like dogs, tennis and cookies. My question is, why do we cut down trees and decorate them for Christmas? Hi, my name is Lottie and I'm seven years old and I'm wondering, why do we have Christmas trees? Oh, hello, my name is Brent and I'm four years old. And my question is, how are Christmas trees made? Hi Gigi, Lottie and Ren. Well, this is a great question. I imagine now in your home you have a Christmas tree twinkling away, covered in decorations you may have put up yourself. Hopefully it has one or two presents waiting for you underneath for Christmas Day. But what's a tree doing there? Well, fir trees, which we know as Christmas trees, have been used to celebrate festivals in the winter in Europe for thousands of years. Because they're still green in winter, unlike lots of other trees that shed their leaves in autumn. It was the Germans who first decided to decorate them and make them something pretty in their homes at Christmas. This German tradition came to England because of a royal lady named Charlotte. She was the wife of King George III. One Christmas in 1800, she threw a big party for children and decorated a Christmas tree. Everyone loved it. People started to copy her, and before too long, everyone wanted their own Christmas tree. And we're still doing it today. The big question each year is what to do with your tree after Christmas. In Germany, people often give their Christmas trees to the zoo once Christmas is over. There are lots of animals that like to eat Christmas trees, especially elephants. One elephant can eat five Christmas trees for lunch. I'm not sure London Zoo or any other zoo would like the trees, but if you live nearby and are thinking about it, you'd better ring them up first to see. I hope that answers your question, Ren, Lottie and Gigi. Finally, it wouldn't be Christmas without Christmas crackers and their silly jokes. Last week, I asked you to send in jokes for a chance to win tickets for all your family to go to London Zoo in the Christmas holidays. Here are all the Christmas cracker jokes you sent in. Where did the ghost work? What's the answer? I don't know. Where did the ghost work? In the ghost office. What do you call Father Christmas with no pants? Saint Nicholas. Where do snowmen go to dance? I don't know. Snowballs. Knock, knock. Who's there? I'm up. I'm up who? You're up who? Why was the snowman looking at the carrot? He was picking his nose. Hello, my name is Matilda. I am five years old. I like playing hide and seek. This is my favourite Christmas joke. What do elves learn at school? 
the alphabet. My name is Tommy. I like building blocks. I'm five. And my joke is, what is a shark's favourite pudding called? Jellyfish. I loved all the jokes and I couldn't decide. So I got a penguin to pick a winner out of a hat. The penguin said the winner is... Tommy! Congratulations, Tommy. Have a fun day out with all your family seeing the animals at ZSL London Zoo. Did you know that Christmas crackers were invented around 170 years ago by an English sweet maker named Tom Smith? He started off wrapping up sweets in pretty paper and adding a little note. The next year he put in a present as well and wrapped it up in a tube. He called it a Christmas bonbon. He got the idea for the crackers crack from watching logs crackling in his fireplace. Thousands of different crackers are made today and I'm sure we'll never run out of Christmas cracker jokes. Right, that's it for this week. Huge thanks to B, Tommy, Rosie, Gigi, Lottie and Ren for this week's question. Thanks to London Zoo for the tickets and to all the children who sent in jokes. And of course, a huge thank you to the very wonderful Neil Gaiman for telling us how the naughty list works in the Christmas household. Thank goodness for Mrs Christmas. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Wishing you a very happy Christmas full of singing, laughter and jokes. Let's hope Father Christmas comes to see you while you're sleeping on Christmas Eve. Don't worry if you haven't been good all the time this year, because as Neil told us, Mrs Christmas knows you're wonderful anyway. Happy Christmas, thank you, and goodbye! I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi James, I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth, available wherever you get your podcasts.